Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had like more intro sound effects than we do. And I was like, do we need more intro sound effects? No. Okay. No. I, I'm all the way out on intro sound effects. Okay, done. Fine. Um, no intro sound effects. So uh, this is going to be a fun episode uh, because you decided uh, to turn your life upside down. Yeah, uh, what I like to do is when things are working really well, I like to go find a big old stick of dynamite from my friend Wiley, um, the coyote, and then just throw it in the middle of the harmony. Well, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about this. I think, and it's not to say that this is not the case with some business owner types, but I think for people who don't start businesses, they have this perception of like, you just do that and that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like you open a business and then you rung the bell and you got the business. And I think for a lot of people, maybe that is the case, but, um, there's of course extremes. I, I, there's somebody in our, our circle who is like a serial. Now he has a lot of money, but he's like a serial business purchaser. Yeah. And like every time I talk, Oh, I just acquired this, this, then I'm like, what are you doing? So that's like the extreme. Right. Um, uh, and then on the other side, there's just having evolving aspirations. Yeah, you know, I think um, so many times business owners, their business is the identity, is their identity, right? Um, And that makes sense, right? I mean, you are fantastic at cooking baklava and you open up a baklava joint. Like you are, (laughs) right? I don't know, like you are, that's your identity, right? And then you're like the baklava guy, right? Um, And so for business owners, like not only does it happen, it's also necessary. Like you need to be the identity. You have to care about it as it is an extension of you for it to survive, especially in a competitive marketplace. And that's every market is a competitive marketplace, right? These days anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really important. Um, what, what does tend to swallow some of us though, is that when the business is our identity, then we lose self, right? We lose self a little bit, um, initially out of sacrifice and then out of repetition. Right, I sacrifice myself on the short term because I got to get this thing started and get it rolling, and this rolling, and everything's good, and I don't know how to still have myself alongside of it because I lost myself in the pursuit of it. In order to use a lot of pronouns here, but ultimately it becomes jumbled and then weird and muddy and gray and different. Well, and I think more than that, I think there's. There's just some scenarios where a business can't evolve anymore. Totally. Yeah. I mean, or it can evolve, but the person leading it has kind of reached their evolution in that space. And right. that's what happened for me with E3 Fitness. Sure. That's kind of what has happened where it's, E3 can continue to grow for sure. There's like, I mean, it's it's limitless on what it can do and in terms of scale and in terms of reach and all. There's a lot more um, for it to do. I've also had that badge for 13 years. And so I have fixed ways of doing things within E3 that it's like, this is how I do it. This is how it's done. This is the only way it's done. And that's what stymies growth, right? Yeah. You, I, I have the same thing at Basecamp where, why do you do it that way? If somebody new comes on. Well, why do I do it this way? I don't know. It's just how I always did it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I always do it. It works well, but it does end up with, uh, it, to your point, it can kind of just always be that and never change or evolve or grow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and we change, right? Like, I'll be honest with you, the the person I was in fitness 13 years ago and 10 years ago and eight years ago and seven years ago were very different versions of the person I'm in fitness today. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know the last time I did a super heavy bench press. And seven years ago, me would have whooped my ass for even saying that. Right. Right. Um, I don't know the last time that I did a, a pure, like just destroy yourself in the gym workout. I don't know the last time I did it. And that's all I used to do. Right. Right. And so I've evolved. And, and with that, the, the type of program I want to deliver and the type of, uh, 
I, I guess the, the flavor of fitness that I want to distribute is a little bit different than what makes E3 fitness really successful for a broad scope of people. Like anyone can go to E3 and find results and find success. Uh, I have put myself into even a smaller niche right now and I want to explore that. Sure. And so what does that look like? What <laughs> like, well, and, and I say that because, you know, you say you've evolved uh, as an athlete, but I, I started going to E3 in 2015. Um, and even the vibe of what E3 was then and what it is now, especially since you took over as the, the sole owner has felt more cycling focused. And it's probably in part just because of the people that I interact with there, but you know, there wasn't a cycle program really at right. E3 in 2015. There wasn't um, a slew of bike racers working out there. And so there's been an evolution in the walls, but how did it break out? Like, what are we, yeah. what are we talking about now? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to pivot. And instead of pivoting and changing E3 fitness to align with the exact flavor I want to give, I've started a new company and I have not only started a new company, but I also haven't abandoned E3 and I've put E3 in a position to be led by somebody who is where I was when the fitness of fitness was the most important fitness, right? Right. And who can continue to build that, evolve that, and, and deliver that at a way that services everybody, not just cyclists. And I get to jump out to the side here and create something that is built through and through for people who ride bikes. I'm going to sidebar yeah. off of that just real quick because... There's going to be, there's a lot of people within our circle that are going to continue to go to E3 to backstop and reinforce their cycling. And so just to clear it and get it out of the way, that's still going to be addressed at E3 outside of the new Justin business. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. But by no means am I trying to pull everyone like, hey, if you ride bikes, you can't go to E3 anymore. It's really not the best for you. You got to do this thing now. I'm actually going to even be using sessions at E3 to supplement the time that I can't spend in the, with the athletes in the new business model. So um, people will still be going, like you can absolutely reach your cycling goals using E3 Fitness. You can absolutely run the program that's been super successful for the last, I would say four years where I've been really working with people who ride bikes and wanting to do fitness for riding bikes. The formula is still there and it's great. What I'm starting with the new company is not in place of that. It's just a different way of doing it. Meaning not even in the same place. Like everything's different. It's going to be locations and everything. Right. So the new company is called Dawn to Dusk Mountain Bike Adventures. And it is a program, twofold program. Uh, program number one, we're going to run three-day mountain bike boot camps effectively. So three-day camps in iconic mountain bike destinations that are going to incorporate fitness and riding and some seminar-based learning about like the mentality behind riding and racing and challenging the status quo on the bike um, is going to be all lumped together on these three-day retreats where you get to put down your phone and put aside your schedule and just get into it. Fitness, riding, learning, challenging, and evolving. That's awesome. To be clear, because people hear camp and they think I'm going to learn how to downhill and corner. It's not that. No, no. This is not going to be skills based uh, in the sense that we're going to be that I'm going to be teaching. You know, the mechanics of cornering or of braking. Or, um, and the reason is because I, I have experienced my growth and evolution in cycling in a much more organic way than like rubric based coaching, right? Mine was just like, I don't know, I'm just gonna go out and keep doing this stuff. And if I make the, me as an athlete better, I've just have gotten better at this stuff. And so the camps are going to be much more about the mindset and the evolution of the mindset, growth there with fitness and teaching fitness because that's really my thing. So the fitness element will be the most creative piece to this. How do I develop a program for working out that still allows me to ride my bike and actually makes me better at riding my bike. Why start from scratch? <laughs> uh, 
you know, I looked at what was happening and is happening with E3 and my role in it. And I played the tape for the next five years or 10 years. And I think I can do the same thing. And uh, one of the one of the questions I always ask people when they talk about this grass is greener concept, right? Like, I'm going to try this other thing. In order to try another thing, the thing you're doing is working really well. Because if you're hard up, like, and, and I'm not, you know, if you're hard up just to get to the end of the day, whether it be financially or survival-based or whatever it is, right? Uh, you don't have the option to be like, well, I wonder what else I could do. Because you're just like, I don't know, dude, I'm just grinding to get to like nighttime. Right. It's a fight. So for me to have even thought of this as a new idea, new concept, new company, what I'm doing is working. So do I really want to blow that up? And I looked at the next five years, the next 10 years, and I said, I could keep doing the same thing and still be successful. But I feel a potential in me to do something even more. And if I stick with what I know is comfortable... I'm never going to be compelled to tap into that potential. And I don't want to get to 10 years from now. Man, I could have done that. I did. I can't now, but I could have done that. And I just, I never did. And I, and I, that's what I, I fear. I fear unused potential. And that's what, where I'm at with it. Um, It's kind of funny just because you get people who, it's not to, to, to take away from the, I, I started this one thing and I did it for 30 years and then I retired. Um, but there's a, there's just a, a group of people who are, I think, just driven to, to evolve. And, um, it's for me, I'm, I'm the comfort guy. Like I have the bike shop and I'm super happy with the bike shop and the bills are paid. And, uh, I see ways that I could, you know, get a little bit more here or there and not for nothing. I do, uh, my wife hit me a few weeks back with the, uh, do you have any, any, any other dreams or, or was just getting to the bike shop that, <laughs> and I, 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 uh, I'm genuinely just happy in that spot. Yeah. Uh, but I do admire people who, who see the app, the evolutions that they can make. Um, and that's to me, that's really cool. And I'm excited for you to do this. Um, Think of it this, here's a question that kind of aligns with what your wife asked you, but in a little different way. Because there are just type, there are like people types, right? Right. And some people types are like, this is what I love. Wow, I made a business around it. Wow, it's supporting my lifestyle. I'm good. And that's and that's awesome. And that's kind of what you're, you're saying. There's other people that the same thing again and again, enough times there's like, I, I'm out. And the way to look at it is this. I have favorite movies. I have movies that, like, if you ask me what my top three favorite movies are, I could probably rattle off a few names of them, but I'm sure to have not watched them at most three times. Mm -hmm. Even like my favorite, there may be a snippet here or there, it's on TV when you're trolling. I don't rewatch movies, I don't reread books. It's very hard for me to repeat a thing because I have a good memory and I remember the plot. And so I go, oh man, I love love Desperado. It's a great movie. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Freaking pulling out the guitar and just nuking everybody, right? But right now, I just said Desperado, and real quickly, I just ran Ran through the whole movie. I'm not going to watch it, no. That's just for me. I'm not... You, I know, you rewatch movies. If there is anything Star Wars related on, I don't care if it's one of the ones that nobody likes. I'll watch it. (laughs) I don't care if it's halfway through. I don't care if there's 20 minutes left. Yeah, I, I'm not a re, I'm not a rewatcher, and yeah. I think that, you know, in a loose way, also speaks to how I go about lifestyle as well. I don't like to redo, and it started to feel like I was having the same conversations, um, albeit with new people, right? And, and it was new problems for them, but I'm just like regurgitating, and not saying that I don't treat everyone as like a unique individual. But at the end of the day, a lot of us, especially in the fitness world of movement and nutrition and recovery and schedule and sleep and these things, we tend to deal with pretty much the same problems, right? They're right. similar problems. So the answers are pretty similar. Yeah, they're different in this time space, but they're kind of similar, right? Yeah. And I just felt that happening again and again and again. And then my joy was really working with the staff and watching them evolve and being able to have a higher capacity for coaching and wanting to 
cultivate that. And I'm like, I mean, I, I really like working on them who get to then work on them. And so I was even within E3 trying to find ways to, to evolve a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this calling outside of it. And we have the ability, you know, Abby and I don't have kids. And so we have the ability to be a little flexible. And that's super rare. And again, look down the looking pipe 10 years from now. And uh, if we end up in a different situation, I'm like, man, I, squ- I squashed that. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't can't go back to that. So the three-day camps are just one example of how this program is going to work. But I'm going to offer these mountain bike camps in Tucson, Bentonville, Crested Butte. And I have a fourth that's like right on the cusp. And it would be Leadville. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be obviously centered around the level 100, but these three-day camps are really less about, well, what am I going to learn there? And it's more about, you're going to be guided through fitness and through rides that are going to force you to become very myopic in your vision. Hey, I'm not going to worry about balancing them with this and this and this race schedule I have and this thing over here and what do I do with that? And I have my, you're going to get to disappear and only do the bike thing and the fitness thing. Really, that's just a synonym for the you thing. You get three days where you're number one and I'm going to work to take care of all of the things that could help, that could hold you back. So I'm going to cover your recovery, your nutrition, your fuel, your education on how to do it. And then I'm going to gently and sometimes not so gently nudge you in the back to pull a little bit more out of you at these isolated three-day events. So when you say you're going to learn fitness, you've spent a lot of your life learning, I assume some anatomy, even if you can't break down like every muscle in the body uh, on demand, um, movement, how things connect, how things work. You know, these are camps that are going to be offered to everybody. I mean, if you hear this podcast or you find your website, somebody can sign up for this camp. Now in the circle of us, that's great because somebody does your camp from our circle and they come back to Colorado they still have you face to face. They still have E3 um, as a resource. How do you teach fitness? And th- like, how do you? You're gonna wake up. You're gonna do a morning fitness. Are you just gonna be teaching like, like some core fundamental takeaway things that hey, when you go home, you know, do a pull, do a push, do a hinge, like. Yeah. So, okay, I, I was, the cat's out of the bag. I'll let you know some secrets. So day number one for the camps is going to be a power-based workout. Hip hinge movement, explosive strength, using resistance, using weight, teaching the athlete how to use their whole body to generate a response. That's really like full kinetic chain movement patterns. That's educating the muscles on how to activate. That's behind the scenes, it's teaching the body how to move um, in a challenging way. And the first workout will be, it's going to be hefty. It's a power-based workout. The second day's workout is going to be more movement, mobility, activation-based. You're going to probably be a little beat up from day one. You know, you figure you've done a workout and at least two rides, probably two rides. So you're going into day two and you go, oh man, I'm so stiff, dude. My ass is sore. So the second workout is going to be teaching mobility, activation, and more of a flow, which is something to do when you leave these camps in throughout the week as you're layering up, you know, hard workouts, hard efforts, race efforts, whatever it may be, right? You're going to now have the education of, hey, when I'm beat up, what type of workout should I do? Because I know I just can't sit on my couch and heal unless I'm in my, my teens and early 20s. Um, but what 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 can I do? So that'll be day two teaching you that. And then day three's workout is going to be a workout or movement focused on what do I do before and after marquee events, whether it be races or, you know, a bikepacking adventure or a weekend with my buddies at, you know, a bike park, whatever. Like, what can I do that's very cycling specific to get my body prepared to go be really good on the bike? And so that's the secret. That's the sauce. So each of the three days are going to be different workouts. And you're going to have a notebook. Like, write these things down. Take notes. Yeah. This is what you're going to use when you leave from here. So if you don't have access to E3 or to me personally, um, you'll have some tangible takeaways where you learn like, oh, that's how I do it. I'll tell you, it, it took me doing it myself before I realized, oh, my glutes are wrecked because I did single leg deadlifts. And I did all these hinge movements or whatever. There's no way I can ride my bike. And then I'm just going to do it anyway because it's nice weather and I'm going to force it or whatever. Yeah. And then I look at my numbers and go, wow, dude, I produced a ton of power even though I was sore. 
Yeah. There's a lot of science behind why. Everything's turned on. Yeah. Everything's so moving. I went and learned the science and I was like, I got to get more people to do this. Right. And so that's what you'll learn. You know, th- things like that where it can deconstruct to some of the truths that we've built that are kind of self-serving, right? Like, oh, my goods are sore. Definitely can't ride today. That's kind of self-serving because then you don't have to go ride <laughs> You gave yourself an out. Yeah. So we'll do a lot of that where, again, it's breaking down the, the mindset or the headspace that's surrounding how do fitness and cycling coexist instead of being antagonistic. So many people go into it and go, well, in the off-season, I'll do that. Right. We've already talked about those uh, words um, on this podcast yeah. many times. Yeah. Training season, not off-season. Yeah. So... <laughs> So that's the way we'll use the work. That's how we'll educate people um, through it. Cool. Um, actually, so to to launch this locally, we did two clinics at base camp as kind of a little semi-sales pitch, but to explain to people in our community the inspiration for Dawn to Dusk and how you got there. And um, you told some kind of cool stories about you know, from your first bike race to your first LaRuta to landing on dawn to dusk. And that from the outside looking in, you know, somebody who doesn't know you or or isn't intimately familiar with your story, you're just a gym owner. Who's like, I don't want to be at the gym anymore. Uh, but it's a bigger story. And I think that that is a super important part of the why of, of dawn to dusk. Yeah. And that's actually more about the why for the, the primary program that we'll offer, which is the one-year program. It's called The Adventure. If you're on the website, it's The Adventure. So tell the story because it's yeah. a cool story. Yeah. Um, and then, like, let's hear about what the big adventure yeah. is. So it's funny. We had a, an application for this ambassadorship just came up today, and they asked for a small bio. And I, I went to write it down, and... Initially, I wanted to puff my chest a little bit back. Like, well, these are my accolades, right? And then I was like, I want, to, I want them to know about me personally a little bit too. So I ended up going and cutting and pasting a bio from elsewhere because I was like, that was written very well. And, and really, the, the bio I cut and paste from starts off with, well, I'm not cut from the typical cyclist cloth. I didn't race road bikes growing up and then in college on a, on a race team and then you know, this, 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 dude, I have never been sponsored by anything in my whole life. Like ever. Like I, I've never earned a status where somebody goes, Hey, you're so cool. I want to give you this free stuff. Cause I think other people will get it just because you got it. Like right. that is reserved for people that are at the time I thought of myself, people that are above me, right? Beyond me, greater than me. And that was the chip I had on my shoulder on one side. And the other side, I had all of these insecurities um, when I first started mountain biking. Especially when I first started mountain biking here in Colorado, dude. Jeez. This is like the most intimidating place on the planet to start biking. I uh, I won't forget like how razzed I got for what I thought were like non, non, like unimportant things, right? Like... Dude, nice bike rack, bro. You have a hanging bike rack? Like, clown for a hanging bike <laughs> like, rack. What? Me and the bike made it to the yeah, event. I, like, I what do you want? Like bar thing on it, and it goes on there, right? <laughs> you know, you get clowned for that. You get clowned for the gear you have. You get clowned for, I do have a pack rack. I don't have, like, there were, it felt like there were so many unwritten rules, and only the cool kids knew the answers. And how am I going to get these answers? I'm going to go to a bike shop the world's most intimidating cult place on the planet, right? Like, no offense. No, it's... But when you don't know a shop, you walk in and you're like, okay, they all know each other and they all know everything about everything they have and I don't know anything, but I don't want them to know I don't know anything. And so there's like all this weird posturing and you're like, that was so uncomfortable, I want to leave. Yeah. I went into a bike shop yesterday, a specialized shop. And we don't shop at specialized shops, really. And I went in and it was the sometimes, same. Sometimes you just need some shit and yeah, that's I, where you are. Yeah, I just, you know, it was. I, so I walk in and they all got their own like vibe and le- and I was totally outsider. I have a pro license. I'm still walking in a bike shop and I'm an outsider. Right. right. So it's intimidating. And, um, you know, I got into this bike riding again after college out here and uh, got into the, oh, well, I'm going to race a bike now. You know, and I show up at the bike race and I got baggy shorts and a camel back because 
that's what you wear when you ride bikes and everyone's in full spandex and everyone's talking to each other and know each other. Everyone knows where to go. Everyone knows how this starts. Everyone knows which way to twisty tie the plate onto their hand. Like everyone knows everything. I know nothing. Super intimidating. Now, the advantage I had was I was jacked and shredded. So like (laughs) (laughs) fitness wise, like I had them all beat on the fitness side of things. Uh, but when it came to their world, I didn't know anything. And, uh, it was really uncomfortable and I didn't like how I felt. Um, I won the race. Granted, it was like a novice category and I think there were four people in it. Um, and even when I won the race, I didn't belong and I wasn't talked to like I belonged and that sucked. And it has been a very long path to get to baggy short boy who doesn't belong at the bike race with a green number plate that says novice on it to sponsored bike guy flying across the continent racing bikes. Right. Um, in that, that process, that growth along the way has created like our friendship, which is one of the deepest relationships that I have on this planet. Right. My relationship with, um, no ride around with the podcast, with the community of writers that we share. Like you guys who are listening that see us all the time, you may think I go to a bike race and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win. You may think I go to a group ride and I'm like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Every time I'm there, I am like swallowed by the, the weight of being part of something because I was so not part of something the whole time I started this stupid sport. And um, the things that, have propelled that the steps I've taken along the way aren't actually the podiums. They aren't even the, the accolades or the praise or the whatever they're the experiences, the bonding adventures that I've had along the way. Um, sometimes they're surrounded around a race. Sure. Sometimes it's just a riding weekend and sometimes it's just like a midweek ride that just happens. But it's those moments when the noise of life as a husband, as a business owner, as a boss, as a son, as a friend, all that noise just goes away and you're just riding bikes. And it's just shit-eating smile grin. Yeah. And that's what the experience of Dawn to Dusk will be for people that get involved. It will be this hyper-aware being in the moment and it's just all going to be good stuff. It's going to be hard, right? Well. I mean, that's, we expect nothing less from something that you're, right, you're behind. Yeah. Well, and also like, uh, you know, the definition of an epic is that you got into some shit. Yeah. Right. I went up, I hiked to the top of Everest and I came back down. And it was really good. I went up and we X, Y, and Z, the story, yeah. that's what creates the epic. Totally. And so, um, when you put yourself on the line, you have the potential for that. And that's, again, those are the, those are the experiences that I want to provide. And, not that I don't get that in the gym on a, a very micro level, right? Because I think every workout, there's an opportunity for that. Uh, it's just a little bit more visceral when these experiences happen outside of the confines of four walls, outside of a very controlled, known environment. Like when we add the other variables, whether it be weather or people, new new faces or new environments, new trails, new challenges, there's an opportunity there um, just based on on the novelty of it. You know, I did a group ride last week at Buff Creek and one of our racers who's getting super fast, uh, like real fast. We go through the section and he hops off and walks this little techie bit. Yeah, and, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, well, so he walks through it and I get it. Like if you're out for a fitness ride, it's not really the time to work on tech, right? Like, right. Because you're out for the fitness ride and if you stop in session something – like, I mean, it messes up your Strava, which is like a huge problem. Can't have that. Uh, but also like, you know, drop your heart rate, drop your effort, whatever. But I asked him before the race start or the ride started, I go, hey, is this a fitness ride for you? Or is this just, are we out riding? He's like, no, man, we're just, we're out riding. So when he got to this feature and he walked it, I go, no, 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 no. If we're just riding. You got to go back and try it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I go, I don't care. Scratch that brand new bike. Yeah. I don't, by the way, the feature that we did, I've, I clean it. And every time I clean it, I scratch cranks and yeah. I was on the tie bike. So I scratched like $1,200 cranks. <laughs> and I'm like, if I scratch my $1,200 cranks, buddy, which I had to pay retail for, painful. 
Um, Being impatient has its uh, his yeah. its drawbacks. <laughs> it does have some drawbacks. <laughs> I was like, no, you're going back. I don't get scratch your bike. Yeah, go try it. Uh, and that's what that's you know sometimes that's all that we need as riders as people is someone to stop you and go no just just do it okay and then once you do you're a new human yeah. period um to circle back around to that visceral feeling just to it got me thinking there is no feeling like a post race hug oh. from from your team like from people that like like one of our team members Shane, I've known the dude for years. He's a great friend, but we're not hugging friends, right? <laughs> like, that's not the kind of friends we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after after Silver Rush and after Leadville, we were hugging friends. In those two isolated... I haven't hugged since. No. Nor, and probably won't again until the next time we do a hard race together. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. like, that, that really, like, what you're talking about, that visceral emotion of having, you know... The harder, the bigger events. And I guess it's all scale and what you're used to. But, you know, Silver Rush, Leadville, Breck Epic, you know, those, so much of you is vulnerable to, you know, the emotion of what if I fail at this? Um, The reality of what if I get injured doing this? That coming across the finish line is a victory on so many levels. That you just gotta hug somebody yeah, <laughs> right yeah, yeah. when you get yeah. there. <laughs> like I made it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, you use the word vulnerable, and that's really, you know, it's. I'm I'm schlepping mountain bike camps, and I'm schlepping a one year mountain bike coaching program, and so uh, I, my sales pitch is come be vulnerable, right? It's like, <laughs> it doesn't really inspire right uh, movement with the old clickety clackety of purchasing online, but. That's really what it is, you know. And we say visceral, visceral. We mean vulnerable. Yeah. And we say victory. We mean vulnerable. Like that's that's what these things are. That's why we want coaches, right? If if we wanted to be safe, right, then we would do the thing that we control, and that's like the antithesis of vulnerability. And that's where change happens. I was in a a hell of a conversation with somebody on Sunday. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of it because I don't want to alienate anyone, who, whatever your opinions are. But it, 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 politics was in there. like there, there was a lot in there. And I ultimately had to stand up and I go, hey, person, there's only two ways that we get to kind of go past this conversation. One, I just agree with everything you said. Not going to happen. Yeah. And even though I'm not fundamentally against a lot of your opinions, the way you're just forcing them down my throat, I just can't. Like, you, yep. Or I can walk away. And that's the only two ways for this to be done. And so I'm just going to choose the latter. But I'll leave you with this. I think you have capacity to be a great man, both as a father and as a business owner and as a friend, if you allow yourself to be just vulnerable just like a, t- a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a tiny bit. I'm not asking you to submit and like turn over and be a snowflake. Right. But a tiny bit of vulnerability would just open your blinders up a, t- a little bit and say like, yeah, but in in that dynamic ability we have as humans, that is humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is what makes us special. A dog is always going to piss on a hydrant, like just the way it is, right? <laughs> They're hardwired for so many things. They're yeah. going to be fixed in so many things. As a human, like we have proven through evolution to be very dynamic. And that's what, vulnerability really is the, the ability to, to be open to change. I got way deeper than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and that's what, uh, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's part of, uh, I think, so now I want to, we, we covered the, the how and the why. Um, and now it's the what, because this is a pretty big what. Yeah. So the adventure, the full one year program, which is really the marquee thing that is going to be the focus in 2022 with Dawn to Dusk Adventures is a year-long program that takes away the challenge of piecemealing different things to do, right? Um, a lot of, we're, we're, an informed, we're informed people, right? If you're listening to a podcast, this is not the only podcast you listen to. You listen to that podcast and that podcast and that podcast, and you tend to pull a nugget and you just say, I want that one nugget. I know a, a presenter 
that I speak with and he goes, yeah, dude, you're looking to give somebody that 15 second aha moment Mm -hmm. out of your hour long keynote. There's gonna be a 15 second aha moment. And you're just trying to give everyone the opportunity to get one of those. So you take my 15 second aha moment and then you take a 15 second aha moment from this person and that gal and that guy and this group and whatever. And you lump them together and you got this like pokey the patchwork blanket of 15 second aha moments and you want to execute on it. I think the best way to think of it uh, in, a, in a clearer example is Aubrey Marcus wrote the book Own the Day. And he goes through your whole day. I brought it up on the podcast. He goes through your whole day from wake up to bedtime and he tells you how to optimize every element of every part of your day, every decision. Mm-hmm. God, that would be but <laughs> that would be smothering to try to navigate. So he knows, as he writes the book and admits, you're only going to work on a couple of these at a time. That's how a lot of people have approached their coaching or training for their sport, their passion, mountain biking. I do this person for nutrition. I do that person for fitness. I do this person for recovery. I do that person for cycle coaching. I use this program for my indoor workouts. I use this program to try. Like it's piecemealed. And it's hard to get all of those different pieces to speak the same language. So let's not. We have one language, dawn to dusk. In the year-long program, we're going to be in control of your nutrition strategy, your cycling on-bike training strategy, your race scheduling and tapering scheduling that surrounds marquee events. What will be your your markers or your characteristics for success? What are we going to test and when, how often? It's going to include your community. We're going to be a tightly woven group of 10 athletes with one guide. That's going to be that group for the whole year. We're going to have a personal development curriculum. And these curriculums are all going to start Jan 1 and take you all the way through our culminating event. That'll be La Ruta in 2022. The program will take care of everything. You don't need to try to make separate strategies match. You're going to have this strategy that just works. And you're also going to have one place to go to if things aren't working or if things do change. Hey, looks like we're off here. What are we going to do? You have one guide to walk you through it. Now, I'm not saying that I'll have all of the answers for every athlete's problem every time, all the time. I will have the dedication and commitment by keeping the one-year program limited to just 10 athletes to go and find that individual's answer for them. So I'm asking 10 people to outsource their year strategy for being the best selves to just one outlet and trust the process along the way. In addition to the... The coaching aspects, the camps are included. Camps, all three camps are included. Uh, La Ruta is included. Your Registration. Ra- your race entry and also your adventure pre and post, right? Because you're going to Costa Rica for a three-day race. You're not just going to go do the three days and come home. We're doing cacao farm tours. We have a surfing day. We're going to go out to Bocas del Toro, do some snorkeling. Like, it's I mean, that was our day. plan this year. Like, yeah. I, I convinced my wife, who gives no shits about me racing bikes, uh, to come to Costa Rica with the promise of, you know, three or four days of Costa Rica yeah. stuff. Yeah, you deferred into the 2022 program, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're deferred into it. Um, yeah, so it culminates in that. But yeah, it includes all the camps. Uh, it includes weekly coaching calls. You know, I think that's a thing that is that misses when you say, okay, but can I just go on Trainer Road and just sign up for their program? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to give you a pretty scripted 12-month program. It's going to be, you know, you had a base thing. You had a VO2 max thing. You had this, like, hybrid deal. Then you're going to go back to base, but we're going to call it endurance. And then you go to VO2 max. And then you got this hybrid deal. Right? There's a there's a, a process for it, right? It works on the schedule. And so you could go and do that. But if things aren't totally clicking, well, then what? Who do you ask? And most people, what they find themselves doing is they just – Fight through it. Well, yeah. that's what the program is. Yeah. So somebody maybe wants to level up and they go to like a Carmichael training systems. Great program. Oh, I got a coach now. He looks at all my workouts, gives me feedback. Well, he's kind of running the same like rubric too. And he's kind of dealing with the same questions from the same, much like I was in the gym at E3, right? Most people have the same problems. So he's navigating that. And that's where I wanted to bring the community and the personal development side of things into this as well. So our weekly coaching calls are going to alternate from week one, it's a one-on-one session with me, to week two, it's a group session. 
And these are built on a, a curriculum that I've learned. Um, and I have somebody overseeing my curriculum to, to, that's smarter than me in that world right. and saying, hey, try this, do this. What about that? Add this, pull this, right? I, so I have a mentor in that world to develop this curriculum. So it's not just in my own brain because my brain's crazy. Uh, and so then we too were as, as a group. So we get that group dynamic of, man, I have that problem too. Man, I've dealt with that. Oh, shoot. Hey, if I can be vulnerable in front of these other nine people, maybe I can be vulnerable like with my spouse. Maybe I can be vulnerable with like my kid or maybe be vulnerable enough, vulnerable enough to tell my boss how I feel about being stuck in this position and I need or want growth or more money or time off. Or So we'll alternate weekly coaching calls between individual and group. And that happens for, imagine 10 months, right? That's 42, give or take, 43 coaching sessions. That's just about your development. All on top of, yeah, the cycling and the fitness and the yeah. nutrition and all those things too. Um, that's where the this program becomes what, for me, was adventuring through this journey from baggy boy to top box guy. You know, this this journey was as deep as we'll get in the, in those, you know, 10 and a half months yeah. before we go to Costa Rica. Um, so again, I've referenced this. I, I, I My hope is that you have clients all over the country, maybe even all over the world. We have listenership. I like, I look at where people listen to our podcast and I'm constantly like, even if it was just one time it shows up and to see some of the places that people have listened to this podcast blows me away. Um, and so, you know, the assumption here is like that there's the potential for clients to be outside of, of Colorado. And so, um, you know, let's say I'm in your program and you can say, okay, Harley, this week you're going to go to E3, you're going to do power and you do cardio. That's your, that's your in-gym work. And then for your rides, um, you know, load up this, you know, come do this stages class um, and then go do the, the fire road at Green Mountain three times. Those are things that are easily trans- translatable to what's happening here in Colorado um, or specifically Denver. And I have faith knowing what those rides are and what those workouts are, that those are going to be progressing me in the way that I need to go. Um, let's say you get a client who saw you race down in Panama and is like, dude, that, that guy was badass and I want to do his program. Like, how do you address that, like the on bike workouts and like, like how, how are people going to get there? Yeah. And that was, that was something that was really uncomfortable for me to learn because I, d- I didn't have that skill set. I've always been the visceral, in-your-face yeah. guy. Like, I get to touch you and see you, mm-hmm. I can fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us that were in-gym people had to try to figure it out. And unlike many of my business peers, I didn't create a virtual E3 fitness because the community was so is, is so important to the experience. But I was working with people who didn't feel comfortable I mean, I I did at-home programming for eight months. And that started off or opened my eyes up a little bit to, well, how how would I do that? And I would say that my approach with COVID was kind of like the old college try, get her done approach. I have to because I have to. Yeah. And so it wasn't as refined as what uh, an official professional program should have. And so I took that experience and the things that worked really well, and I've leveraged that into a full virtual library of the workouts that I'm not going to lie. Yes. They would be much better under the, you know, guide of a coach in E3 at Den- in Denver, but they're very approachable for you to do at your at home gym or at a gym space you have access to. Right. As long as it's got the anyway, right, it's got yeah. kettlebells, yeah, and I've minimized, slam balls, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I've even minimized the amount of equipment necessary to get the job done. Um, and that took me learning. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even this, even this week, I do sessions once a week with a physio mm-hmm. and I go in and what we focus on doing is how to make, how to get to the end result even easier for everybody, right? So, you know, I have a pre-race routine and I'm already doing like single leg deadlifts and lateral lunges and all that. And um, I was like, I want to, I want to simplify that. I want the same result, but I want to simplify it for, for everyone because not everyone's going to be comfortable in the starting block doing single leg deadlifts. So they, <laughs> they won't. Yeah. And so we explored the body and went through a lot of, you know, PT sort of stuff, physio stuff and said, Hey, this move, 
way simpler, gets the same job done. I've done, I've done the same thing with the fitness. So if you're not able to come to the gym here in, in Denver, you'll be very successful on the fitness component and we'll use some check-ins. So I've got a video requirement that'll happen every week mm-hmm. to look at marquee moves because you could have somebody in their basement doing something wrong all year. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, dude, that was They get hurt or they, yeah, yeah. like worst case scenarios, they, they get hurt or, or torque something. Uh, and then the other possible result is they're just not getting a they're result. just wasting time. Right. Yeah. So. It's uh, like. <laughs> yeah. You know, he said eating salad if you want. Yeah. Eat salad if you want a jaw workout. Yeah, like, exactly. It's pointless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, just blend it up. <laughs> <this> thing, <really. laughs> um, you know, and, and, and it's good that you, you know, the library of stuff that you created last year was awesome. Um, and I, I used it and I felt like I used it to some degree of, of success. I felt like I got good workouts. Um, but every now and again, I would run up against uh, a move that's just like, well, yeah, I have a medicine ball, but if I slam this thing into my, my sheetrock, I'm going to have a hole with a medicine <laughs> right. ball in it. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> and so there was, you know, and then also, modifying stuff like I've been working out with you for seven years and so I know modifications and how to still hit the right stuff and so uh it's it's good to hear that there's yeah a little more like streamlining because that was I mean I didn't care because I could get through it but I could see the potential for some frustration for for other clients who didn't have the the experience of working out with you for as long as I have right and also you know part of the purpose of these weekly coaching calls is that you know, people will need to deviate, right? There will be things, there will be certain things that either people can't do or um, I don't feel comfortable with them doing or maybe they're not quite at that level of that move. And so the coaching calls allow us to just, again, to, to touch base. Hey, show me how you do that. I want to see, on the call, I want to see you do that hinge. Can you show, dude, do you see how you're falling here and that's opening up and that's creating a problem? Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, try this, this, and then, you know, the only reason I didn't do a virtual program for E3 during COVID was because I felt like it wasn't that sticky feeling you get when you're with the person in the gym. Right. Um, and if I was opening this program up to a hundred people, I would have that same problem. And that's also why I came up with the number 10. Yeah. 10 people, let, I can be sold out for 10 people. You give me 15 people that want to do the year long program. I start to cut and paste more than I feel is fair to the athlete. Right. Yeah. It, it diverts away from that individual, like that legitimate, hey, I, here's my my bike workouts with power numbers or RPE numbers. Here's my gym workouts. Here's how I felt. Like as you add people, you're going to skim that rather than really look at it. Right. Right. Like, like, all right, cool. You did a threshold ride and a VO2 max. All right, cool. Just keep doing the same. Like it, it'll fall apart. Yeah, it'll fall apart. And that's, you know, right now, if you go to the website, it shows who our guides are. And I keep saying the word we. Do you notice that? I talk to Don Dudesk and I say yeah. we. And yeah. You're looking at me like, it's like you, dude. I got, 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 got a frog in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I have great hope for what this will grow to become. And I won't be the only guy. Yeah. Right? And there will be more. And because it will always need to be super sticky. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I showed it with E3, right? I did it for 13 years and I don't have five gyms. Right? Right. I don't have a desire for that level of scalability because I love intimacy, right? Yeah. Uh, in the coaching relationship, it must be intimate uh, because that's what a coach is, right? I, I just don't want to be another number, right? Because for me, if I worked that way, if I was buying into a program and I got the feeling that I was just another number, then I would say, well, what what's the secret? What's the strategy or what's the system here? I'm just going to copy and do it myself. Yeah. Because if you just think I'm a number, then I just think you're a number. I'm just going to copy this thing. Yeah. And so I don't want to be in that spot. Um, I have two last questions. Yeah. Uh, you referenced uh, Trainer Road. Um, I personally love the structure of Trainer Road. Um, whether the, you know, like outside of the, the results, right? Um, and a lot of people who this, is, this program is going to appeal to, they've got uh, an expensive indoor bike or an expensive smart trainer. Um, are you going to, is there going to be a platform for you to offer structured rides in that space in the, the, the cold season? Like, are, are you going to be prescribing, you know, 
I'll translate it into something we use at E3, which is the stages flight. Um, are you going to be translating workouts in that way? Yeah. So on bike workouts. Yeah. Great, great question. Yeah. The thing with that, the thing with that, because people like structured workouts, no, on that. they want to feel if I'm suffering for an hour inside, like I want to feel like that hour is maximized. Yeah. The hard, the challenging part is that there are a lot of options and people have things that like, I love Sufferfest or yeah. I love Zwift or mm-hmm. I love Trainer Road. I love, you know, the, the newest one that I've been playing around with that I've really been liking and I think is super cool is Wahoo System. Because you can use the Wahoo system, which taps into Suff Cycle and is like all synced in yeah, there, yeah. but it's still mm-hmm. in my Wahoo profile. And so there's all these cross platforms, yep. right? And so level one will be less about what the very specific Sufferfest you did was, and hey, it was a threshold ride or it was an endurance right. ride or it was a recovery yeah, ride. Yeah. Right? So it's going to be there. So there will be a, a calendar that way. There will also be access to my entire stages flight library where I have built the workouts, built the whole profiles. Hey, a perfect week, you're going to do this ride, this ride, this ride. And then the next week, this one, and the next week, and so on and so forth. The perfect week, get into my stages flight, do this. You'll have access to that. Mm -hmm. You want to peel that back because you have your own specificities that you like. Okay. Get this accomplished, these overarching goals. And really that'll be enough for us to get what we want out of it. Right? Like, whether you were doing VO2 max intervals that were 30 seconds and this and then that and the two by four and the eight by seven. Yeah. Like, so it'll be, it'll, it'll provide that kind of like step down. How deep, how specific do you want to get on the perfect schedule? Right. And I, and I think I only ask that because I think there's been a couple of like key takeaways uh, that over the course of the last couple of weeks and just talking to you uh, have really hit for me. Uh, one of them was outsourcing the, uh, making you number one. Um, but I also think it's just like having it done, like what's better than going home or getting home from work and having dinner made for you. Like there's nothing better than that. Right. You have to put a, an ounce of thought into it. Right. Not one ounce of thought went into it. You showed up, there's something good to eat. You ate it and then you went and watched whatever on TV. Most people shouldn't get punched in the face. But if you're the type of person that comes home to a made meal and have any sort of complaints <laughs> at all, you are a punched in the face type of person. For sure. <laughs> um, and to translate that more specifically into like a real life experience for me is um, I know how to put together a workout just on the time amount of time that I've been working out at E3. Like if I want to do a power workout at home, I have kettlebells, I have the stuff to do it and I know how to put it together and I know kind of what I need to hit by no means a personal trainer. Um, but you're not a bike mechanic. You can change a flat. Like I, I can put together not as a staple of a program, but if I didn't get to the gym and need to put together a workout, I can do it. Um, I don't want to right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if I, I went to E3 yesterday and I knew what it was a workout from last week. Uh, cause you guys do a three, three week, uh, rotation. Uh, but I didn't have to remember what the moves were from last week. Cause there was a coach there saying, you're going to push this weight in that direction and you're going to pull this thing in that direction. And it's all outsourced and it's done. Um, and I think that's part of also what appeals to the, the love for a soft cycle or, a, or, a, or, or trainer road or something like that. Like the fact that I know I have a bike workout today and all I have to do is load it and get on the bike. Yeah. I, and so I, I think as long as you can provide that for yeah, people, no, you're done, you're good for you to design a workout. There are a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. And at the end of your day, like we all have a decision-making capacity, right? Like, <laughs> I'm a, I, I have in my day, I can make 187 decisions, but when I'm done with those 187 decisions, I'm dead. Like, yeah. The cup is empty. Yeah. It's, it's done. And so you go, I'm going to work out. So you walk into the gym space. Okay. Well, what equipment are you going to use? Well, you already decided you're going to build a power workout, right? And you just, I know how to build. Well, then what equipment are you going to use? And then how many exercises are you going to do? Okay. I'm using the E3 rubric. How many reps are you going to do? How much break time are you going to take? What are you going to do for your interval? What, right. you know, like, yeah, I, yeah. you got to make 50 
decisions just to do this workout. You're right. Like I want everyone to outsource themselves as number one by getting into this program. And secondarily, yeah, make it as simple as possible. Yeah. And that's what that's what I'm great at providing you that. Yep. I mean, I'm not great at a lot of things. That's one of them. Yep. Um, cool. The last question is how much of this decision was fueled by you having a built out van? A van. Well, you know, ninety-eight <laughs> percent. <laughs> that's it. That was the that was the last uh, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so and we talked briefly before we started the episode, and I think it'd be unfair to not share uh, a bit of that with those listening. There is a downside to owning a brick and mortar business, right? When you have a place, you have a bike shop, I have a gym. When you have a place, you are attached. As the owner of that place, you're probably operating the place also, right? And so you're attached to it, operating it and owning it, and it comes with a lot of responsibility that isn't necessarily aligned with what you love to do. And the van opened up the ability to go anywhere and feel comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I can, Mm -hmm. since I've got the van, right? I've gone on trips with with some people and and they spend all this, I'm going to go, we're going to drive up this road, we're going to camp, it's beautiful, people are going to camp overlooking this thing. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to be in that parking lot because as soon as (laughs) I put these window shades up, I am in what I have called the Jackson Hole Lodge. Like the inside of the van is like a Jackson Hole Lodge, right? And so I'm just going to be super comfortable like wherever I am. And once I realized I'd be comfortable wherever I'm at, that opened up my my eyes a little bit to, well, then where do I want to be? And these places I've picked were not like just darts thrown at the map, right? I have had, I had a transformative year in Tucson last year. I did some of the coolest, not just mountain biking, but gravel riding, and, but more importantly, some of the coolest bonding with people in Tucson, it was it was unreal. And remember, I, I went to high school in Phoenix, so I wasn't far from Tucson. And we got to, it's completely different, not the place, but the way I look at it. Right, right. the way you interacted with totally. It. You and I went to Bentonville. Yep. We didn't have good weather at all. We did Bentonville in a rainstorm. Yeah. Like three days of our, we had one good day of. Did it damper your experience at all? No. No. Like, I mean, once you got me out the door. <laughs> Right. It is always hard to get out of the door when it's raining. But if you're there for only three days like we were. You just do it. You're going to do it. So, um, there and there's a hundred other reasons why. Well, no, so, I mean, like, there was a lot of really, like, cool stuff about that. You know, we went with uh, our buddy Case. Uh, Derek. Showed up. Showed up. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, it was just one of those cool things where it's like, it's, it was so smack dab in the middle. Because, and then... Um, Another friend from Tulsa showed up. Like it was just one of those things where it's like, well, this is like a cool experience with people that I don't normally get to do experiences with. Um, somewhere that's not home. Like, yeah, yeah. there was so many cool parts of it. And and then you know, and then Crest of Butte, like you you got to experience that just recently. Dude. Isn't the light different there? Everything's different. The, I mean the, the light is different there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, and so yeah. you know, these these magical places were picked on purpose. So, yeah, the van, I can go there. Okay, I can go anywhere. I can live anywhere. All right, but where do I want to be and why? And that's where I was able to pick those. And that's what I think develops a great coach. A great coach needs to be inspired. And I am so inspired to do this program that I have thrown the stick of dynamite inside the world <laughs> and said all comfort is getting blown up. We got the van. We just finished out building the uh, the battle trailer, right? Yep, so yep. I have a full gym <laughs> on wheels. For a full portable gym in a trailer. Yeah. Ready to go wherever. Ready to go wherever. And that's what we're going to do. And in, in alongside the three camps, which are our marquee events for sure, it'll also be a race calendar that'll be all over the country um, that I'll be encouraging you know, my 10 athletes for sure in the program to join me on as many of those as possible because there's one good way guaranteed, I don't care what your FTP or your indoor riding program is, there's one way to get really good at racing bikes. Do you know what it is? Go race bikes. Go race bikes. Like I did 17 races this year. Yeah. A coach would normally look at that and say, that is asinine. Yeah. It depends on how you look at the race. I did 17 of my best efforts. Everyone's like, was it the hardest race? Yep. Every race. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll be an element of it. Um, damn, I'm, I'm as motivated and inspired 
not to throw E3 away because this thing's better, but to take 13 years of experience and leverage it into something that is so tightly wired to what I can do very, very well for other people. Nice. Um, I want to address one thing, and that is the uh, the potential out uh, uh, perception from our listenership that this episode was maybe a little self-serving. Um, I want everybody to know that Justin did not approach me to do this episode. I approached him to do this episode um, because I'm excited for what he's doing and what his, the next piece of his, uh, his business ownership and like just what he's doing. It, it, he was so helpful to me. You were so helpful to me, uh, during the transition from the old shop to the new shop that I can't imagine a scenario where you would launch a new business. I'd be like, fucking good luck with that, dude. Dude. So, (laughs) so, uh, so to anybody that's made it this far in the episode, um, and I hope that's a lot of people, um, we have this platform and this is in line, I think with what we do as a whole, um, which is not just the bike racing thing, but the community thing and the, the propping each other up thing. And so, uh, if you, at, at the risk of sounding rude, if you got a problem with it, sorry about that. Uh, cause you've done listen to the whole episode <laughs> and thank, and thank, thank you for, um, for seeing that and, and coming to me with it when I wasn't, he was not going to ask me. No, no. Uh, Cause uh, it, you know, it did feel a little self-serving, right? But, uh, isn't that what this podcast is about? It's about chronicling the evolution of, us, well, our team, everything. Like, well, and we when we set it? out, there was going to be this whole part of the podcast that was going to be about entrepreneurship and and uh, passion based businesses. And we did one episode, and it was horrible. <laughs> Nobody listened to it. Uh, apparently, I came off like a giant dickhead. Uh, <laughs> so don't listen to that one. Uh, but you know, at the outset, that was a part of it, um, and I think this ties in in a way better way than that first episode about. Yeah. It's, and I love having you ask the questions. You know how to steer the things. I think I would have just rambled for an hour and a half. Eh, that probably would have worked also. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the you know, here comes the cheesy line. Like if you want to well, check I, out more about yeah, it. Yeah, you got to. You got to yeah. like, you can't talk, yeah. can't talk people's ear off for an hour yeah. about what it is and not tell them where to find it. Yeah, so hop on to dawntodusk.mtb.com that the number two or spelled out spelled out dawn okay. to dusk mtb.com and you can read about the one year programming read about the three-day camps uh, if you click the about page you can scroll down and there's a video actually from one of our uh base camp seminars where you can hear the little 15 minute spiel on what this is you just listen to it for an hour but uh there's a lot of content in there and you can ask questions like i encourage it uh, if people have reservations they don't know what they should or shouldn't do, like reach out to me there. Um, I'm pretty proud of, of what this business is going to be. And I'm proud of the journey it took to get to it. And so I just can't wait to share it. Heck yeah, man. Well, um, that's awesome. I'm excited to see what it it looks like. I'm excited to go to La Ruta in 22. Uh, you, uh, one little like side piece of no ride around, uh, last year you started the, uh, front range, uh, trail videos. Yeah. And you just did another one for our indoor cycling pleasure. Uh, so check out our YouTube channel, uh, because I think we'll be uploading some more, some more bike rides for you to, to watch while you listen to your own tunes and do those indoor bike, uh, bike rides. Yeah. We just launched uh, two, we got Maryland mountain up there. Oh, you did too. That's right. And I forgot. Palo Canyon just dropped, uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, so. For anybody new to the the podcast or what we have going on, um, on our YouTube channel are videos of local front range trails and now starting to bring some travel series. Um, No music, no audio content really. Um, So you load that up, you load up your whatever workout you're doing, throw on some music and you've got a trail, amazing trail, many amazing trails in front of you. we're having an unseasonably long winter here or a uh, fall here. Uh, so I haven't really been doing the indoor wor- workouts, but it's coming. And when you do watching real trail, yeah, it's just so much way more fun, you know? I mean, I watch, I, I, there's, 
previous to those videos existing, there's been some guy out of Southern California that does POV on all his races. And I just watch those while I ride. So like to have it be on home trails is that much cooler. Yeah. And I've actually had, uh, people that have visited and they watched them and they yeah. came out like, that's pretty cool too. You get to like, see the, you know, somebody asked me, well, how was Palo Duro last week? And I'm like, I don't know, watch a video, dude. And then yeah. you go out there and you'll know that turn. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, totally. It's fun. All right. I think that's all we got uh, for this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you on the next one. So get the fuck out!